from pink ponies to Satan, from mythical characters and RPGs to flipping cards with miners, the odd world of Daniel Mullins. Today on. <laughs> Guys, welcome to an extremely late episode of Friday. <laughs> welcome to Press B to Cancel, your favorite late podcast we're going hey, on hey. right now. <laughs> For those listening to the audio, we're exactly on time, so it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know what? They this is going to drop on... No, we're going to be at least an hour late dropping this on Monday, because we have to keep in true form. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I am your host this evening. I am the one that caused everybody to be late, so I apologize. Thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate it. Today, I am not alone. As usual, I have two of my favorite people that I know out there. Mr. Sick Jake, how are you today? Welcome in. Good. I'm glad it's a Friday, and I'm really excited to talk about uh, today's topic and Daniel Mullen's games. They're just uh, something I found in found into recently, and they are so fantastic. So can't they wait. They are. You know what? Well, you know what else would be fantastic if you had a better mic to talk into. Werewolf. Thank <laughs> you. Can't yeah, do this inside jokes, well. Chard. They're just going to not an inside anymore. That shit is so outside. I, it looks like I am disappointed. I am disappointed that Jake is not not running this from his Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Steam Deck today, too, because we are going to be talking about Daniel Mullins. Now, Daniel Mullins, his team or himself, I don't know exactly, exactly. I don't think it's just him, but I got to tell you, the man that created this, Daniel Mullins, um, has created at least three games that I am aware of that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we've all kind of played different variations of his game. I discovered his game in a museum, in a pop culture museum here in Seattle, um, and fell in love with it. Like you guys, you guys joke about it. It's, it's the truth. I, 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 I was in, they had a, an eight bit or a video game, uh, expose going on at the time. And I stumbled upon Pony Island in this museum and i played it for maybe 15 minutes i had no idea what was going on but i was so excited when i played it that i had to come home and i found it on steam and i purchased it um and this game as as we we will discover throughout this episode daniel mullins doesn't just make a game he makes a fucking adventure sorry youtube it is it is a mind-bending twisting game and i was so into what Pony Island presented that I went and looked to see what else he had. And there were two more games that Jake had mentioned and Wolf had both mentioned one called inscription that these guys both played. And Jake mentioned it was a card game. So I was automatically out. I was completely out because <laughs> Jake and I don't agree on card games very much. If it isn't triple triad, I don't want to touch it, but you're just he had biased another one. You don't like one card game. I do. I love Marvel Snap, and you hate it. I mean, I hate Gwent. Help you like bad games. <laughs> I hate Marvel <laughs> Snap. I hate uh, what is it? The one in Final Fantasy Nine. What is that? Quadra, Quadra, oh, whatever. Like uh, garbage. Tetra Master. Tetra Master. Thank yeah. you. The one I like. And uh, you know, <laughs> I've had. I have too many. Uh, I have too many bad memories of Uno. So uh, kind of swore off card games, but. There's another one that he released called he The Hex, which is something different. Jake. <laughs> I mean, how's my mic now, son of a bitch? Looks great. That You know, that's yeah. the happiest I've ever seen you. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> they can run Marvel Snap on the Steam Deck. Do you know how amazing yeah. that is? It's great. Anyways, so <laughs> I took it upon myself to take the, 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 the long road down Daniel Mullitz's uh, categories and uh, or catalog sorry in a category uh, catalog and checked out the hex myself i had previously po played uh, pony island and streamed it and uh we also streamed the hex and we streamed a little inscription now jake was ranting and raving about inscription and now i know why because after giving it a shot myself which is also very playable on the steam deck 
Um, once you kind of get the the feeling of the touch pads on the Steam Deck, it's 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 extremely playable on there. And I've been playing it a lot in my private time. When I go to bed, I, I like fire it up because I know that this game is going to take me on an adventure. It's not just what it is on the surface. What Daniel Wallace does is he takes what th- what seemingly seems like such a simple surfacey game, especially an inscription when you're just playing card games. And I kept asking these guys, hey, how close am I to the end? And both of them were like, keep going, man. Just keep going. Just keep going. We don't want to spoil anything for you. You're close, but keep going. And I wasn't close. I wasn't even near the end that I thought well, I was going to be at. We didn't want to spoil things, but we, we should, maybe we should, try, we should start in order and start with Pony Island. Yeah. Because that's the video I have queued up. <laughs> so perfect. All right. Well, <laughs> save inscription for last, if you don't mind. Let's let's uh, fine. We'll we'll save the best for last. So let's go ahead and we'll take a walk back into the path of Pony Island. Pony Island is a game that appears to be a simple side-scrolling pony game where you are just trying to jump over fences. That's a and genre, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, that should be a category for the game awards best pony game i mean that's, do. that's it it <laughs> is it is i mean it's a side scrolling yeah. jumping game yeah. and it's so simplistic and so simple that you're like why is this even a thing but as you play it you come to find out spoiler alert i see here's the thing there's so much to these games that i i worry about spoilers for a lot of people who want to try these games out so yeah, I, I'm just I'm going to blanket say right now, this is going to be a spoilery episode. So if you have any desire to play Pony Island inscription, the hex, any of these things, well, let's preface that with if you've got desire to play these completely unspoiled. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> and we're not I'm not going to give away any hints or anything that that will ruin the ending for the game or 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 cheat you through some things. But the games turn into Pony Island turns into basically a welcome to the game type game if anybody's played welcome to the game it's a, it's a hacking game and you are you the devil is trying to take your soul through this video game and you're trying to save your soul by playing this video game and you're being talked to a trap souls that are in the game that are trying to help you escape the game so it turns into a side scrolling this is a silly little pony game into literally you fighting with the devil and reprogramming his game so that you can escape it in a very odd manner. It is it is so next fucking level. It's it's literally a mind blowing game, and it is well, what so gets me fun. is like it's an endless runner, or at least at first glance you think, oh, this is cute. It's a pony. It's an endless runner. It's it's got a sense of humor to it, but it it feels like at first five minutes that's just an endless runner, and you don't think there's much to the game. But then, like all his games the first look is deceiving and what it actually ends up being. Right. Right. Exactly. Like there's, there's, there's hidden messages and hidden codes where you could, you could simply just run the game. You could just run it over and over again. And that's what it is. That's what the devil plans on having you do, but you can break it. You can crack it by going into the code and all the flow charts that he has and breaking it to the point to where he changes it up and turns it into like an RPG map. And he turns it into this, this, this other thing. And there's all these secrets that you can find. And there's always someone trying to tell you like how to get, like how to get past something or how we can pre-program this thing. But there's so many like puzzles in the game to help you break it that it it just turns it into a completely different game. And it's so like gripping that it's 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 almost like I can't put it down. Like when I started Pony Island, I couldn't stop playing it. It was so much fun and it was so interesting and where it was going. And I had no, I, I couldn't, I didn't expect where it was going to go. So I had to know where it was going to go. So I just, I kept on playing until I beat it. And and it's it's pretty good. I don't know if either of you have any experience with Pony Island. If, if you do, please tell us uh, the story. I've, I played it some many years ago. So it's been a long time since I touched it. So I don't remember it too well. But I do remember basically it's, you're out cheating the devil. Because you're cheating, he's cheating back, and it's just who can cheat better, right? <laughs> it's nothing better when the devil calls you a cheater. That's that's one of my favorite things is when you <laughs> when you break one of the games and you give your pony lasers to fight off the devil heads that he keeps throwing at you, and he keeps saying you're cheating and not making this fun for me anymore. <laughs> and it's like, 
yeah, you're trying to take my soul, man. Of course, I'm trying to get the hell out of this. So, um, <laughs> and it just keeps going. It just keeps evolving and de-evolving and breaking and coming back. And there's a point where he's like, I didn't plan for any of this. I didn't write any code for this. You have to go do something else so that I can do this thing here. So you're, you got to play with this and then, and then, you know, you could come back and play the game and we can get back to where we are. So you come in and play it and it's all like not finished. And there's like framework that's broken and it's, it's and he's like, you can't play it yet. I'm not done with it yet. And it's, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty wild. I, I heard about this game. I think I just finished Frog Fractions and Frog Fractions is kind of similar in this idea where it's just, it's a game that is not what you think it is in the first five minutes. You have to kind of dive deep into it. And after loving what fro- the twist in Frog Fractions, I was looking for other games like this and somebody told me to check out Pony Island. And when I first started it up, I'm like, well, it's, this is crap. <laughs> and then, then you realize the dialogue <laughs> and then the, the, the devil spin on it and you realize, okay, this is not just a flash game of, a, of an endless runner. There's actually more to this. There's like a mobile game where you're a unicorn or something and it's an endless runner. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It has that um, that song by Erasure playing constantly. It's it's a fun little game and that's what this reminded me of. I can't remember the hell the name of that mobile game is, but that's what I thought this was. And then it's then then it gets weird and the weird stuff is is it is compelling and it's it's it really sucks you in. I love how you start going through the menus and you're forced to tweak options in the menus to change things. Like there's a, what do they call it? It's like a, a humming noise. They call it a ominous hum or something. Yeah. And you can lower yeah. the volume of it. <laughs> yeah. The game and he, and he chews you out for it. It's just, it's just a wild sense of humor for this game. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I love this. It's surprisingly dark. The game you were dark. thinking of was Robot Unicorn Attack, by the way. I Googled it. That's Robot the one. Unicorn yeah. I think it was an Adult Swim game, I think. But yes, yeah. That sounds okay. right. Yeah, I just like and and navigating like the main menu stuff to get things unlocked and to to see your way around stuff is it's it's really clever because there's things hidden and stuff that you can't see. They they got the zero and one codes where there's certain things written in here. There's a section here that you're showing on the video where you're trying to click on the pony lasers to give yourself pony lasers to fight again the cheating thing. So you have to crack the code to make the screen bigger so you can actually click on the highlight because he keeps moving it every time your cursor tries to get on it. And when you get it to the actual size of your screen and you can click it, that's when it says, a cheater, you're a cheater. How did you get into this? You can't be in here. Well, I'll let you play it this way anyways, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to steer your soul. Like, there's all this all this dialogue that goes with the game, and it is it is just riveting. I, I love this game. Yeah, and I'm going to say, too, about the, the guy who created this, Daniel Mullins. This game was pretty impactful. I, again, it, it kind of flew under my radar. I had heard about it, but I never really dived into it. But it was impactful enough that the, the guy who created this game, he ended up on Forbes' 30 under 30 list, which is a pretty wow. prestigious wow. list. Yeah, I, I just found that out today. So Because his profile on that site was basically talking about him and mentions he's got a new game coming out called The Hex. So this was before The Hex he made that list. And mm-hmm. like outside of this, I don't know if he's done anything else. So it's that's pretty an awesome achievement that this is your first game you get that much attention and notice and that you're on Forbes list. That's pretty awesome. Right. Right. Seriously. I mean, it's it's super clever. Like even Pony Island, even the Hex, I mean, the Hex itself, it's it's a different kind of feel, but it's still super clever. And then Inscription, when we get into that, we'll talk into that in more detail. Is Jake's already he's already kind of coined it maybe possibly a game of the year candidate. I mean it's old, it's it's a couple years old, Spoilers. but like in that sense, in that sense, like that's how good it is. Like yes. he hasn't made it that or named it that. He's just saying, and I went, ah, I don't know. But even I like it. And I don't like card games, but there's so much to it that it's it's so much deeper than it is. But we can we can we can definitely dive into the hex too, because the hex is also a completely different like feels of the game so the hex we should talk about because so i played pony island and i I played inscription of course but uh i've not played the hex i only watched you play a little bit of it so i'm not sure if wolf you've played this one more or if it's just chart i have not played the hex but i watched chart playing it last week it's this is a super clever game it's 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 it just has all those video game tropes for different (laughs) genres throughout the thing so the the concept is is you show up in this bar right and there's a barkeeper that says, there's going to be a murder here. 
help me solve this murder. Like it's predetermined. Someone here is going to get murdered. Help me solve the murder, right? So you start out as a character that's in a side-scrolling platforming game. And at, at some point, you flash back to this character like being basically Sonic or Mario, but he's a big-name character in this game. <clears throat> so you're, you get knocked out or you, 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 you focus yourself into something else and the character's in the game again and he's playing it. And they're all owned by this one game company. And as you're playing the game, you're jumping and you're grabbing bubbles and you're doing all this shit like you would do in a platformer. And as the game progresses, it gets worse. Like the game turns bad. And while you're playing it, the game actually pulls friends from your Steam profile to put up um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, reviews of this game while you're <laughs> playing it. So, Jake, you're a friend of my Steam profile. You wrote a review in the game that said, I love this game. This is so much fun collecting bubbles and doing blank. And then it pops up again. And you, you your character is walking across the reviews. And as the game <laughs> c- continues, it's like this is now like the, the sequel to the game. Or this has now been bought up by somebody else and we're adding all this extra shit to the game. The reviews get worse. Like they start popping up being like, it's not as good as the first one or the remake <laughs> is crap. This port is terrible. And it's taking people that are in your, your Steam profile and actually writing these, these reviews. <laughs> each the so each brand, character, yeah. it's super, and it's perfect because some of the stuff they said that you wrote, I was like, I think Jake actually wrote that. But... <laughs> As you as you progress, it changes characters that are in this bar, and you play these other characters. And there's like a fighting game character where you have to actually fight. There's an RPG character where she goes into her RPG game. <laughs> and my fa- this is my favorite. I'm going to spoil this because it's my favorite part. There's these things that look like Moogles, <laughs> which everybody knows. Get your bingo yeah. cards out. I got two of them here. <laughs> Try to point um, that as background. Are, yep. There you go. That are that are teaching you how to play the game, but the person, the main character, is so annoyed <laughs> that they already know how to play the game because they don't want there to be a sequel of this game because they're already like a new game plus. So you kill the Moogle, <laughs> you kill the Moogle. The fight, it's like, well, apparently you already know all these powers. You you should go a little lighter on me. I'm just trying to show you, and you murder the Moogle. <laughs> well, the Moogle had a family. <laughs> And that family shows up later in the game in a different game. It turns into like an overhead, like shooter game, like hell divers or something like that. It just does. It does all these aspects. There's a, there's a section of it where you're, you're showing the old man walking around. He does like a fallout type version of the game where it's like like a a, post-apocalyptic thing. It's like a fallout tactical RPG. Yeah, yeah. And so there's like, there's a tactical RPG element. There's a regular RPG element. There's a cooking game where you're trying to cook food as fast as you can and there's there's callbacks to a lot of different things in like previous games i think there's a few like things in pony island that they bring up just nonchalantly if you're paying attention but there's so many games mixed into this and you're trying to figure out who the who the murderer is that that oh who gets murdered and who the murderer is is and i won't spoil any of that because it it's pretty in-depth as you're playing through it, but the transition from like each character, you're finding out these characters pass and why they are the way they are at this bar. And at the end of each segment, every character shows up in this bar. So like when you're done with one person segment, they show up in this bar and you're like, that's how they got here. But there's like this whole overhead umbrella thing that everyone has a connection to that you find out about later as you play through the game. And the twist isn't as twisty as I say Pony Island at the end of the hex, but just playing it in general of like going from the platform jumper to the hell divers overhead gun game huh. and the RPG elements and all the and all the jokes inside. There's like you gotta bring the Sphinx some onks in the desert in the RPG <laughs> section. And they're like, there's a hacked version of onks where you can get as many as you want. And he goes, don't bring me broken onks. I'll know they're broken. I'll know they're hacked. <laughs> but you still go get them anyways. And you show up with him. He goes, these all look good. 
And then later he <laughs> pops up and he goes, you're the guy that brought me the broken onks. And then you fight him later. It's, it's, it's just got all this, like a lot of connectivity throughout the game where old bosses show up and while you're playing a different game and, and it's, it's, it's on, it's on par with like bad ports that we talk about a lot in this show. Right. Um, and, and people just bringing shit in that shouldn't be brought into games. They, they cover all of that and it's hilarious. The whole gameplay I, is super <laughs> funny. I didn't realize there was that many genres in it. Like I think I did watch a little bit of yeah, you play either. it, but I think I, I watched you do the tactic side only. I didn't see the, yeah. the shooting part at all. Mm-hmm. The, the I, very end I saw has the like kind of part. an overhead thing. Yeah. I, okay. I saw that's, both that's, the tactical RPG and the shooter part. And that was just it's already a really huge transition in gameplay styles. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's it's worth it. And I think the game these games are both Pony Island and the X are like they're cheap. Four bucks. Yeah. They're super cheap on Steam and they're absolutely yeah. entertaining. And I think they've got a lot of really good replay value on both of them. Um, these are the two that I know know fairly well. Um covering these two. Now the rest now, all of us have played inscription. So we'll probably be able to do a much deeper dive into this kind of game. Yeah. So I took the video for the, the hex down because I was getting toward the ending. I didn't want to spoil the ending of the, in the video because mm. I was skipping through trying to get gameplay examples, but uh, I didn't want to spoil it. Um, the, the hex is really cool. I love how it's like six different characters in a bar, but each has their own backstory and their own unique gameplay. That's really interesting. I need to play this one. I, I never gave it a shot. I thought... I thought it wasn't as good as Pony Island when I watched you play it, but I didn't watch enough yeah. of it clearly because I, I think I would totally dig this game for sure. It's cheesy and hokey, but that's that's like the intent. Like it is, it right. is designed to be. Again, on surface area, you're looking at it, you're like, this looks like, I don't know. And then as you play it, everybody's story is so good, and the way, like I said, the way Pony Island did the same thing, where you're you're fighting one of the de- the demon files. And it's asking you questions and it will pull up. So it pulled up my DM and have one of my friends DM me stuff while it's trying to ask me a question <laughs> because it says, don't take your eyes off of me. Or you're going to miss the answer. And it, I was, I literally thought that somebody was DMing me that I hadn't spoken to. I was like, why the fuck is that guy sending me DMs? I was like, oh, it's the game doing that. So I take my eyes off the game. So there's a lot of really clever steam <laughs> elements that he mixed in with it that he does the same thing in the hex where it's, you know, like I said, Wolf is writing a review about how much he loves the the, the RPG version of the game and the character in the game hates it so much that she actually works with the villain to to have the game fail so they don't make anymore because she doesn't want to be in the game anymore. Like it's it's this really <laughs> weird spin on stuff. It's really, really cool. Would absolutely recommend the hex to anybody else out there. Yeah, these are <clears> games <throat> that I so I I figured out how I played Pony Island is on Daniel Mullen's website, he's got a web browser version. Okay. Okay. Um okay. So that's how I played it. So it wasn't the full experience that's on the Steam version mm. because uh, apparently Pony Island and Inscription were both Ludum Dare projects before they were the full games that they became. So mm. that's how I played so for, Pony Island originally. So So for those who don't know what that is, Ludum Dare is like a it's like a game a, a, not a competition, but kind of like a, a personal game challenge you do in groups with other folks and usually you have 48 hours to kind of just get work done and make a game concept or prototype. And it looks like he's yeah. been a big fan of those. But it on his sense. website, there's like, if you include sacrifices must be made, which is inscriptions, you know, Ludum yeah. dare entry. And then the pony Island Ludum dare version, there's 17 web browser games on his website to play. And I bet they're all freaking amazing. They're they, probably they all be. super wild in this way, you know? Right. And it wouldn't in- surprise me if... um, What's the, the... The Hex. It wouldn't surprise me if the Hex pulled from some of these other games that are on here. Yeah. And I, actually, I it's it. funny. Uh, he did a claim your free BitBuddy thing last year at some point. Where yeah. you know those uh, desktop pets that used to be a huge thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the gorilla, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like that. But if you ever 
close the app, your BitBuddy dies permanently. (laughs) (laughs) So if you reopen it later, so if you turn off your computer, like once you turn off your computer or do a restart or whatever, and you reopen it, your BitBuddy's just dead. That's 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 and so you can mess with the bit buddy because your bit buddy is completely aware that if the app ever closes, he dies. (laughs) And my kid was the one who found this one and wanted to install it. And so (laughs) I'm recognizing it now here. I'm like, oh, he did that. That totally checks out. That just definitely (laughs) checks out. There's a lot of connection too between the hex and inscription that I'm neither of you guys will probably catch where they actually yeah. drop the characters games from the hex in inscription. So while you guys are doing the different, you know, things in the game, they have dropped the names of like the RPG is brought up at least once or twice in inscription later on. And I, I had a great laugh about that. I was like, this motherfucker brought this thing back in there. Cause that was my favorite part of the game was the whole, the RPG element of the hex. Yeah. So, so he, he cool. kind of does a couple of things, I guess, through all three games, there's a couple of things that are common. I guess one is that it's always based around some kind of video game gone wrong or cursed in some way, right? Pony Island was a cursed arcade machine. The hex mm-hmm. is like a, a, a cursed video game. And then inscription is, is a whole thing we'll get to. So I like that. I also like how he kind of goes outside the box uh, for a lot of this stuff. Like, it seems like either he's pulling, you know, your screenshots or your friends list from Steam or uh, inscription has an internet component to it. I like how he's bending the rules of what the app does to kind of get outside of it and have that that external thing. It, it's it's interesting. The closest mm-hmm. I've seen to, to something like this is like um, Tunic with the whole ARG thing that that's part of Tunic and the language and whatnot. How it's the game outside of the game components are really interesting, and I love that stuff. So I'm I'm glad that Hex has some of that, and that's really cool. I love the review part of it. You mentioned I got I got have to check that out. The, the fact that it's pulling Steam your Steam friends and yeah. fake reviews is is funny as hell. It's very clever. Every every aspect that he adds to the game just adds more and more cleverness as he goes, and it feels like since we're going to bleed into Inscription now, it feels like Inscription is I wouldn't say his magnum opus, but it is. It is his best game that he's done out of all the three that I've played from Steam. Um, and this one has the most thought into it. It is very well thought out. It's it's a great puzzler. And it and it when when you think it's over, when you think it's done, it's definitely not. Yeah. And I think so, that's that's one of the things I liked about him. So for inscription, which is which is great, you can you can definitely tell he's at this point in his game career. He's, he's he now hires some help. He's had some heart, um, help in the I think it's the music and the graphic department. If you look at the credits, it's largely still him. It's definitely his narrative and his ideas and his mechanics. But he's expanded in terms of what budget and what he could do. Um, and it's a very polished looking game to the point where when I was playing inscription, I didn't realize this was the guy who did Pony Island until I was a good chunk of the way into the game, and I'm like. This is so weird. It was wild. And when I looked up online, I'm like, oh, he did Pony Island. No wonder mm-hmm. it's weird. Um, <laughs> but it, this is another game where it's it's definitely deceiving. Because when I first, I grabbed on the Switch because it was on sale. I think it was like 20 bucks. And I really wanted to play like a card game. And I heard a lot of good things about Inscription uh, when it came out a couple years ago. It was on my list. But I played, you know, uh, was it play the Slay the Spire? And I played uh, Monster Train quite a bit last year, so I wasn't really into doing another card game, so I kind of dismissed it. But I'm sitting on my Switch, it's on sale, you know what, I want to play it. I want to play a nice card game. And it also says it's like a roguelike elements to it. So roguelike card game, I'm in. And I started to play it, and then as you're playing a, a, you know, a few rounds, you realize you can, it's like a card game and a table, but you can get up from the table walk around this cabin that you're, you're trapped in. So it's kind of like escape the room type of mechanics to it. So I'm like, alright, that's really cool, it's a card game, a bit of a roguelike escape the room it's really it's it's pretty rad so the initial impressions of this game were were pretty awesome like just just everything about the presentation being stuck in this this scary cabin with what his name is leshy i think is what his name is yeah leshy yeah Yeah. they basically the dm or the one who's guiding your experience playing this game it reminds me a lot of um i don't i don't know if you guys ever played this game it's called hand of fate there's two of them there's a first and a second one and uh, it reminded me of that yeah. So Hand of Fate was like a is like a card game, right? You have a tabletop and you play cards, but you have encounters on this tabletop and the encounters take you over to like a uh like a third person 
beat em up stages. It was, it's a really cool mechanic. It, it, it kind of ties into an RPG theme and the cards give you powers and abilities. So when I was playing Inscription, it felt like that, where you're playing this game where you have a DM basically laying out this this game before you and you're going along this board that's randomly generated, procedurally generated, and there's cards involved, but the gameplay is actually you're playing card matches. So I felt like that at first, but it gets so, so wild. It does. And and what, yeah. what pissed me off is as the game is designed and it's very similar in the aspects of Pony Island where it almost feels like Leshy, you're the challenger you're, or the guy you're playing against, is making up the goddamn rules as you go. <laughs> so it's like totally. when yeah. you when you feel like you've got it figured out and you're doing you're you're doing good, he changes everything up on you. He totally screws you in a way that you it's almost impossible to win. And then when you figure that out and you finally get like, cause Jake says it's a roguelike it, cause you can, you know, you'll get cards and even when you lose, you'll still, you can still have the same cards that you find. But like, even when you figure more stuff out, he still just keeps fucking with you and keeps messing with you throughout it. And the, the, the good chunk of my time was trying to figure out how to beat this asshole and, and get past <laughs> the game. It's neat because like the mechanics are kind of doled out to you slowly, right? Like when you when you realize that uh, at some point that teeth are the currency in the game, you can use gold teeth to buy cards or pelts. So they're very hard to come by initially, but then you get a skull item that's in the cabin. So you can get every so often, get it from the table, walk over to the skull, and you can yank out gold teeth. And that gives you money for future runs. It's kind of like just added on slowly, right? The other one was the the smoke mechanic, right? You The first time you die he shows you a candle and you basically have two lives per run at that point or later on three and the smoke when you use it you get a card from it so they they kind of you you die quickly at first and then they slowly add in other items to make your runs longer and longer much like roguelikes do the good ones do mm -hmm. and makes that makes the runs easier and, and more expensive and more options to the player it's really really solidly designed it is and there's and there's puzzles throughout the cabin that can yeah. that you can solve that can help give you an edge in certain aspects of the game but it also helps drive the game forward on top of that cuz there is underneath the card playing and you fight Leshy in the card games there is an actual extremely in-depth story that's going on that you don't discover until probably the 20th time that you've died from this guy trying to get through it it just keeps yeah. on growing and the cards are talking to you and you're like what is going on? Like, why is all yeah. this happening? Go ahead, Wolf. Oh, I was just, I forgot about the cards talking to you because I was only playing, uh, I, I played through this game well over a year ago at this point. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the escape room and roguelite thing is the whole, that's really what drew me in. I was like, okay, roguelite card game, escape room, I'm in. And so right. I was super into it. And then, you know, there's certain things about the escape room that are like you solve each time you get a goodie. And then there's certain things that are you solve once you get a goodie. And then that's just kind of that. Right. And it moves right. things forward. It's, it's really cool the way they do it. Um, but like there's certain ways to game the system to where each successive run, you can sort of stack the the odds in your favor, which is how you ultimately end up being able to complete a run. Right. 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 And the escape room aspect, I think is what ultimately ends up ending that segment. Right. If I'm mm. not mistaken. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. You, and like you, for the, you, for the card game itself, for those, we should explain the mechanics a little bit. Like it's a, it's a think magic, the gathering, but instead of mana, you have to sacrifice, you, you basically place a creature and you sacrifice it to, to create other creatures in, in these lanes that you have. Um, and the, the default creature you have that is free is a squirrel, right? But it's it's neat because you have the squirrel and you sacrifice them to, to some other creatures. But there's things in the escape room. There's there's, there's a certain um, puzzle where if you can match the cards in an actual game that you do, you unlock a, a card from it. But if you finish that whole rotation, you actually unlock the ability to turn your squirrels into bees. And bees mm -hmm. are like squirrels. They're free, but they fly. So they can block flying creatures. So I, I thought that kind of stuff was really cool. I missed it the first time I went through the game. It, it's, it's one of those things you have to really dig for. But uh, yeah. I, I do like how you have three cards that ultimately talk to you. And the first one you get is the stout. I don't even know what a stout is, but it's some stout. kind of mammal. Yeah. Stout. It's a marmot. Okay. 
Is it? Okay. But the first time like he talks ferret. to you, he, deduce, he deduces himself to you. <laughs> but when the mechanic of the game is to sacrifice creatures to create other bigger creatures, the first time you're given the option to sacrifice them, he's like, okay, fine, do it. I get it. It's fine. Like, they, they're so sarcastic with you. Like, they're I love their it. Fate. I love it's, it. It's so Because you funny. put it on there. And it won't even finish the text. Like he'll start, he'll yeah. start saying, Oh, come on. And it just like cuts him off at like, come on. And it, it kicks him <laughs> off the board. I fucking yeah. is so clever. I love yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's really witty. Like you get the wolf, the one-eyed wolf later on, and he's just like super wise and super matter-of-fact about things. It's like, do it. You sacrifice me for the better, greater good, or whatever, like theme to him. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. awesome. And then again, it all plays into the larger story of that those those cards are actually characters and it's it's so well done um i don't want to spoil the ending to this game but i think we can safely talk about the end of act one and what it turns into what do you guys think yeah i think that's fair because i know some people ultimately get disappointed at what act two is so knowing that there's a very drastic change between the acts and what you experience and how the gameplay kind of evolves in each act. It's, Mm -hmm. it's going to drastically change what the gameplay is like. Not, not extraordinarily. I mean, it's not like going from, you know, an RPG to a platformer. It's more like going from Mario to Sonic. Like it's that kind of drastic change. You know, they play pretty differently, even though they're both platformers, it's that kind of drastic change. Right. But, uh, so it's still ultimately a card game. Maybe we can say at this point, if you, you shouldn't play Inscription. It is is definitely one of yes. my favorite games of this year. But if you really want to play it without spoilers, then I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest jump ahead 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I, I want to talk about that change. So you have well, your spoiler warning. We should also Go talk ahead. about a little bit of the the meta that's going on in the game, right? I think we could Absolutely. Talk, touch on that before we delve into the spoilers of okay. that too. I, and it's, I figured we were gonna do some pretty in depth discussion of Inscription. So I, I second Jake's like. It's going to be spoiler territory yeah. from this point out. But we'll we'll talk about the meta a little bit up front. So you start up the game and you're you're sort of experiencing it from the perspective of a YouTuber or content creator who just found so this started. game and he's firing yeah. it up. So you hear his reactions to the game as you're going through. So you mm-hmm. get to see the content he's creating around it and the videos he's recording and sort of as you're playing, you hear his reactions to what's happening in the game, which is kind of right. wild. And it's, and, and, it's, and it's real, real recorded video. Like yeah, the actor who's playing recording. the part and he's recording with the yep. camcorder and he's sitting there opening booster packs of inscription in the card game <laughs> before getting a copy of this digital video game version. Mysteriously. It's, and it's all yeah, recorded. It's and it's, wild. He's, it's this guy named Luke Carter and his YouTube channel or whatever is lucky, yeah, Carter. lucky Carter. And yeah. so he's like this, this big card game connoisseur who does like booster pack openings on his channel and stuff right. like that. So it's, <laughs> And and during his one of his openings, he's he's got cards from the RPG that's from the hex. So he drops that name from the oh, RPG from the hex on there. Oh, I, didn't I got cards that. from the that's return neat. of like Ligaya or something. I forget what the name of the thing is, but he's <laughs> opening up the card packs from that RPG. And I was that's like, that's cool. yeah, it's from the hex. That's hilarious. So so that's the tie-in that they have like a little bit later on. <clears throat> But yeah, he's um, so got guess, he's basically doing the whole thing. He's got a green screen behind him and he's he's discussing it just like, you know, as as we as streamers are like he's like, yeah, I'll put some explosions or something in the background while I'm opening these things up. Like he's he's like walking through how he's going to do his YouTube. And as it as it <laughs> continues, it's more of it becomes more of like there's a more of a, a horror game feel as the yeah. videos continue and it and it turns into almost like a found footage kind of game or a found yeah. footage kind of video. Yeah as he keeps continuing to talk about this inscription stuff. Like he's trying to find out where, who made this game. Does the company still exist? And he, and he looks them down. He tracks them online. He sends them emails. Then he starts getting phone calls, visitors to his house. And it's all recorded, right? Found footage right. style, like you mentioned. And it gets, it gets actually quite creepy. And that's yeah. like when I'm watching people watching the YouTube video, you're seeing the footage of the card game, just the card game itself. And we're talking about all this found footage, you know, Blair Witch Project style stuff. And that's where the game goes. And it's so bizarre. It goes from a, a really fun card game to this. <laughs> and it's, it takes right. quite a turn. Yeah. But the game, the card game never stops. Like you said, when we go to act two, right. 
it almost turns into like what I like to I refer to it as is like po- Game Boy Advance Pokemon. Yeah, but it's still the card game, but but there's different rules and there's different there's different categories now. So it's like you take Gen One, you're playing Gen One Adva- uh, Magic the Gathering in in Act One, and then Act Two, you're playing like Gen Four because there's like all these different rules and aspects that they add in and different people that you're aware of and, di- and different things that it turns into that. When I first got into, I was like Jake Wolf. I can't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like what's going on. And Jake's just, Jake kind of, you know, Jake and Wolf kind of guided me through this patch. Cause I was, I'm getting my ass kicked by things. I'm like, I don't know. Like none of this regular, none of the stuff that I started with playing the game is there or I can't find yeah. it. I don't know where it's at. Like yeah. squirrels. I got no squirrels. I got yeah. no squirrels. I don't know where any of it's at. <laughs> so like the mechanic is, so in, in act one, you have basically two kinds of resources. You have blood, which you get from sacrificing existing creatures to make, to summon new ones. And then you have bones, which any creature that dies gets you bones. And there are some creatures in act one, you can summon with bones. It's neat. It's, it kind of lays the groundwork for what is later to come in act two, where act two, it's almost like, um, five different card game variations right so you still have a faction that's blood and bone but then you have one that is magic and based on rune stones you get a place in your board another one's based on like a hearthstone style energy that you get one every play a play of turn and then what was the there was a third one too i think about ghosts or something there's there's like four different variations and there's in-game booster packs you buy Go ahead. Yeah, I think the There's bones magic. are still there. It just becomes a major portion of yeah. a type right. of deck. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of just an offhanded addition to you get a, the blood. You deck. get a ton of more options that are in the bone right. section that weren't there before. So yeah, right. most right. It just expands upon yeah. what's already there. So you, yeah, you're right. So you have the animals and the blood, and then you have the undead with the bones, and then you have the energy, and then you have the wizards. That's the four different factions. And you can you can focus on one faction. And I think when you start act two, you have to pick one to start with. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you can buy uh, booster packs in game, and you get cards as you play through Act Two, and you can definitely branch out. And the one tip I, I told Chard was, I mean, feel free to just abuse the deck crate button. There's a deck suggestion button, and it looks at all your cards and kind of puts together some combos for you. I I, I tweaked a few of them, but it, but it was fine. But I, I love the card variety. There's so many cards to mess around with, and and it's it's awesome. But what got me though is Act Two. The art style goes from this like cabin in the woods 3D style to this overhead, like you said, chart pixel Pokemon style. I yeah, wasn't digging it Pokemon so hard. Looking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't quite into it. I love the new cards, but I kind of wish they still had the same cool art style from Act One. Right. I don't know. You guys now, once you do all the things and and you get to the third act, because there's Act Three in there. You guys were very mad about it, but I'll tell you what, I thought Act Three's like visuals that they had was cool. Like, so, so in the first act, you're in the woods, you're in the cabin, everything looks very woodsy. It's very earthy. Well, in act three, you're taking on P zero three, which is one of the computer, which you find out spoiler was the stout or the stout, the stout, the stout stout, shout, the stout stout, was him as the card was another one of the factions well, he's now challenged you the same thing that Leshy was challenging you to, but now it's more futuristic. So there's more lanes on the board, and your cards are are LED slash like floppy yeah. disks. So you now you're using the battery power to fight uh, PO3 instead of Leshy, but it's the same concept. And and where you guys got lost on it this. It's, you said Dark Souls, and I laughed because it's very, very well, true. When, when you lose, you're reset on the map, and you have to start yeah. like wherever your last bonfire or save point or midpoint was. Yeah, Act Three goes mm-hmm. very heavy on a sort of RPG exploration mode, mm-hmm. where Act Two doesn't feel like you get very punished. Act Three is like you lose and you Brutal. get sent way back. Yeah, and you go back. You know, depending on if you leave an area, the enemies can respawn, but at least it warns you about that. It's like, hey, you know, the things you've killed will respawn if you go this way. Okay, fine, right. I'll wait. <laughs> but, but if you uh, do clear an area and go to a midsection, it clears everything out. So if you go right. back for something, like if, if you're in that midsection 
and you want to go back to the area you were just at, they clear it. There's no fights. It's it's all clear. So you can go back and forth to explore things if you missed anything yeah, earlier on. I, yeah. I think what Act 3 lost for me that Act 1 had was the fact that Act 3 is a very linear sort of RPG experience, whereas Act 1 was roguelite, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it, fortunately, Act 3 also brought back the escape room aspect. Yep. So it had that to it, but it was a lot more... Uh, it It's a much more subtle escape room that's harder to find solutions to things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there's some things I... I didn't quite understand i think there's a there's a one particular puzzle you have to spin it around and and click a button and timing i didn't want to spoil it but there's there's a timing aspect to it i did not get until i had i had to look that one puzzle up and that it was very obscure um (laughs) i I think for me the difference the big difference is the the card game aspect uh the cards are not as powerful as in act one act one and even act two the trick to those acts was to find a combination that you can exploit. And the game actively encourages, encourages you to break the rules and exploit where possible. Yeah. And like in act one, the big one for me was um, you have your squirrel cards uh, and there's totems you can unlock in the game. And one of the totem combinations uh, basically means when you sacrifice a squirrel, it goes back to your hand or something. So basically oh, okay. lets you get infinite blood. Uh, right, that I got the with three certain, blood one. With, That's my favorite. Yeah, with certain creatures, I exploited that and I breezed through Act 1 once I eventually got that combo, but I had to play many different rounds. Act 2, very similar. Yeah. I think I had a combination with bone creatures where I was just feeding bones. Uh, one generates bones, another one destroys itself, and I kind of got a combo going and I broke Act 2 and I beat Act 2 and it kind of encouraged you to do, to do those combos. Act 3, you're using energy-based uh, cards, and some of them are ranged so that they don't necessarily attack in their lane. They can attack any any direction you want, but they only do like one damage. And some of the enemies that are coming down at you are per- can be pretty devastating if you don't block them. And when they you block them once, your guy dies, and you have to keep playing cards. And trying to feed enough cards without running out was very tricky. So I had a, I had a hard time with Act 3's combat, and mm. I also didn't care for the overhead roguelike elements. And honestly, maybe it's just because I at that point I think I had put twenty hours into the game. I I liked the game a lot, but once I got to Act Three, I was kind of like, "Is this it? Is this is this the final twist? Am I am I good now? I really love right. this game, but I'm I'm kind of ready to finish it." And it, it kept right. going. I think there is a there is a card that you get from Act Two that you can carry over into Act Three, and you can break it in Act Two, and it comes to you broken in Act Three. And you can wreck house with it if you do the right thing with it. Um, it's it's one that dies and gets stronger every time it dies. I guess we're in That's spoiler territory. Boros, right? Oberus, you can Oberos? take the Ouroboros. Yeah, you can get you can that in Act one, actually. Yeah, and you, and, you can get it. And the power level buy it in, Act 3? Every time you die, the power level levels up, right? So you can go to the right. the sparring thing in the, in the Mage's Tower and have it die. And it will carry over that power until act three but you have to find the card you have to find the card in the escape room to get it and it's in a familiar location that we are he goes ah this place glitches out sometimes and some of leshy's crap shows up in here and it's it's hidden within that you just have to unlock it to get it out i was dumb and didn't break the card i just bought it because i didn't think about it and then uh I read about it because I was like, how do you, like like you guys said, you just got to look some of the shit up. And uh, I went, fuck, I could have done all this damage in Act 2 and brought this thing with you, and then you oh. could just own the board with it. Dude, mm-hmm. there are people who, like, massively unbalanced the card in Act 1 to where you can, like, one-shot the moon. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, well, the other aspect that was really cool was... um there's a bit of an internet connection in the game uh, in act one. When you die, you create a death card. You basically, you know, you have, you get to pick, I think it's like the power from one card, the ability from another one and the life from another card. And you can make these custom cards. Uh, and the idea is like, less she's collecting people's souls and capturing them in cards. Right. And that's those talking cards. That's he captures them the same way, but that aspect carries over into act three. I think they even show up in act two to a degree, but all those cards that you generate also, cards that other players generate kind of go into a pool, and they can randomly yeah. show up in your game. In Act 3, they show up as bounty hunters, and they're usually quite overpowered, but those yeah, are player-made cards. Um, but there's there's one boss battle in Act 3 that we have to talk about. I don't know if you guys remember, but it's the one that connects to the internet. 
And there's a, there's actually a sequence, a step in that fight. I think it's round two where you make a card on the fly and it takes that card and it sends it online to somebody else playing inscription. And you've got to wait for that other player. And if they beat their round one against that boss with your card, you win round two. And if you don't, you, you basically get punished in your game. That's a trip. So that I didn't concept, get to that part yet. That's it's thick. really awesome. So when I play on the Switch, I had the Switch turn. I had because I, I my daughter has a Switch, so sometimes I play with mine in airplane mode, so she can play at the same time. So the first couple times I tried that boss, I didn't have internet turned on, and I was just getting shitty cards. And it's like, oh, I can't connect to the internet. I thought that was just a gag. But when right. she was done for the night, I turned the internet back on just casually, and I tried the boss again. And it's just like holding, downloading up a card or uploading your card, <laughs> waiting. They're they're still fighting. They're winning, like it has commentary every couple seconds until eventually you That's get that so ruling. Cool. And I didn't realize at first it was literally, literally someone else playing inscription was... at the same time. That yeah. is so yeah. cool. It's God really awesome. It, I love this guy's work. This guy's work is so good. It's so clever. <laughs> yeah. It's that out of the game meta stuff I just love. Right. And he's and he's done it in all three games, right? Whether he's pulling your right. Steam friends list or, you know, or fake reviews with people's names on it or connecting to the internet. It's just just wild stuff. Yeah. I do love it a lot. And well, I guess this is probably. Oh, wait! Before we move on to the next one, um, after you beat the game, you get access. This was not necessarily the case at the beginning, but now it's yeah. it was patched in later. Now, when you beat the game, you get access to what is referred to as Casey's mod, and in Casey's mod, it lets you actually go back and play a proper roguelite version of Act yeah. One, yeah. and it actually ramps up the difficulty as you do it because you have to choose handicaps that you know make you weaker in some way and you have to meet a certain point threshold to play that tier that's crazy yeah it's neat because i I think people when they beat inscription or as they're playing through inscription they got past the first act they're kind of like i just really liked act one i just wanted to play the card game the rest of it's really cool but can i just play the card game and at launch you couldn't do that um after you hit a certain point but but now with Casey's mod, you can go back and play Act One as, as whatever you want. But there's tweaks to it balance wise, like that that exploiting the squirrels uh, thing that was taken out. Um, I think there's a few other things that are changed around the the maps. The bosses are in random order now, so it's it's more gamified. I, I do like I do appreciate how Casey's mod lets you go back to Act One and just play Inscription as just as that that card roguelike game that you thought originally it was. I love how that's a thing in this game, and it's really well done. Yeah. And I I found that I suck at it because I haven't played the game in like a year. So I went to try and play Casey's mod this week and oh boy, I lost a lot. I not good anymore. But uh, (laughs) I also found that my save file, for whatever reason, it it wasn't kept. And I found that that, I'm not the only person that that's happened to. doesn't seem like it's an issue anymore, but for people who stopped playing a long time ago and came back to play, I guess it wasn't syncing to the cloud or something a while back. And so I oh, lost weird. my file. So I had hmm. beaten the game and my file was just gone because I had uninstalled it after I beat it. Apparently it didn't hmm. sync to the cloud at the time. Um, but know, now I, for whatever I, reason, my cloud sync file would not swap over to my steam deck. Hmm. I did notice reason, when I streamed it, the videos that you guys were watching, my what I did on my Steam Deck also didn't transfer over to my PC. So, and I've been playing a majority of it on my Steam Deck versus the PC. So, there's some kind of connection issue. There has to be because I was like, I was further than this the last time I played it, and we just I just played it and said, fine, whatever, fuck it, it's cool. But when I went back to my Steam Deck, it was where I left off. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it seems to have a different save the... file repository there for that. Mm-hmm. How big are the save files to this game? Because the only time I've had issues like that with Steam's online cloud saving is uh, when the files of the saves themselves is big. So maybe with um, all the unlocks and the cards, they're they're pretty large. My yeah. save file that I was trying to transfer over because I found that there's a hidden way in the game to actually get access to Casey's mod and all that pretty quickly instead of having to play through the whole game. It was okay. a 44 kilobyte file that was not transferring over. So it is not a file size issue. <laughs> it should not should not be syncing. It shouldn't be issues with syncing. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. It, oh, mine it's always just, says it's up to date when I fired deck. it up. So very bizarre. Okay. Very bizarre connection. So um I do wanna I I guess that's a good point to jump into 
his next game, which is Pony Island 2. Jake made me <laughs> watch the circus. trailer for this today. Yeah, Panda Pony circus. Island 2 Panda Circus. Oh, I and can't wait. Honestly, this looks like it pulls from stuff he did in Pony Island 1, stuff he did in the Hex, and stuff he did in Inscription. Yep. It's got all it's it's got its hand in all of that and it looks super yep. cool. Yep. Yeah. I'm very excited. I think it comes out this year too. I'm I'm pretty excited about its release. Um next year. Next like, year. He, okay. he oh, so he did the smart that. move with his trailer. At the end of the trailer, the the year kind of glitches between 2004 or 2024, 25, 26. So yeah. because I mean it's done when it's done. Like he has no reason to rush this game out, yeah. especially the the games he makes. And uh, I mean inscription came out in 2021, so he's been working on this for a few years, but I, I don't think he needs to rush it. Um, but I love how it the, the trailer starts with an art style that reminds me of Inscription, but then it definitely has side elements of other game styles like the Hex and just everything amalgamated together. And like it has, uh, what's his name? Pro ZD is that voice actor YouTuber. That's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty funny. He looks like he's in the game as well as a character. I just, just yeah. wild to see. We need to and, uh, we need to link up with this guy and get our get the press beat to cancel on Pony Island too. <laughs> um, I do want to mention so with stuff that happens in these games, it kind of makes me think of this game, uh, not Daniel Mullins, but it's a game called Lose Lose that came out in mm. two thousand nine, and this is a weird game. And I know we're on a bit of a tangent, but it's it's got a meta aspect to it, so. I'll give you the Google shorthand description here from the website. Lose Lose is a video game with real life consequences. So uh, each alien in the game is created based on a random file on your computer. Hmm. <laughs> if the player kills the alien, the file it is based on is deleted. Oh, shit. That's messed up. If, <laughs> if the player's ship is destroyed, the game itself is deleted. That's crazy. So you're either trying, you either succeed in the game and delete random files on your computer, or you fail at the game and the game deletes itself. <laughs> I'm good. It's called lose, 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 lose. Yeah, I don't That's funny. I don't need random files being deleted from my computer. I, I would probably not play this game, but it's an interesting concept. And it yes. sounds in the vein of what Daniel Mullins would do, but I guess uh, a little more uh, sadistic. A little less. <laughs> sadistic, I, read the I guess, since you have to. Yeah. Um, so the Mac OS game, I'm reading, I'm reading the reviews or comments. Um, Steven Totillo of Kotaku says... Um, Oh, sorry. Venture Beat says, calling the game scary, saying that in three seconds I had to reinstall Call of Duty 4 in Unreal Tournament and replace several icons. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! They, they did horrible in the game. Wow. What a concept. I mean, that's like, I get nervous about Iron Mode in some games where it's like you lose a character in a game and it's that's it, or you lose your save file permanently. Oh, that's like scary enough. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, like that kind of thing. I, I can't imagine having actual files on my computer deleted. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Something that probably would not happen today, right? <laughs> I don't think right. Steam would ever allow something like that. that well, I don't why. think this is a game that was ever on Steam, but I do remember hearing about it way back because I I was really heavy into following, you know, indie game Reddit subreddits and things like that once upon a time. And so I would see and learn about these random games that some of them were in development for a long time and all of a sudden showed up years later on Steam. And I'm like, hey, I remember when that was like, being showed off as what do you think of my game and (laughs) this was one of those games that i learned about on that subreddit well you never know like like some of those games end up being the next minecraft right like i said in in the minecraft episode right i just i used to see notch post on uh, the tig forums back in the day i used to haunt around those and mess around with uh, a couple things and i hey look at this voxel thing i've made i'm like oh that's neat that's cool oh look at alpha sure i'll check it out in java all right neat 20 years later look at it now it's a billion dollar (laughs) company that he sold off like it's you never right. know where what an indie game that you see now may be in ten years what it's going to be, yeah. and that's just Absolutely. neat. Yeah, like I mean, when I saw Pony Island, if you had asked me where uh, what game 
he would make, you know, eight years later, I would never have expected inscription. Like it's just, nope. there's no way. <laughs> and it looked like a high school project. Like somebody just yeah. threw some shit together, like you said. And, and initially it obviously was cause it was on his website. It was his own little thing that he expanded upon and then sold for it. And it, and again, it's, it's super inexpensive game to purchase, to play on steam. I, I, I definitely buy all that stuff to support this guy's work. It's, it's too good. It's stupid. It's it's one of those experience games you have to you I, I hate talking so much about it because I just want people to experience it for the surprise, but these are the kind of games that are so hard to get people to actually play. Like Frog Fractions, and then the other one is Glitter Mitten Grove. I keep telling people you need to play these two games. You really need to play them and not just play them, play them. <laughs> right. right. Unlock what's in the hidden inside. It's worth it. But you try you try, you show people the Steam Page or Glitter Mitten Glo- Glo- uh, Grove and you're like they're like, what the hell are you doing, right? It does it's not look the same like thing with Pony Island. <laughs> you yeah, look at Pony idea, Island, right? and you're like, this is horseshit. Literally, this is yeah. horseshit. What is? What are you yeah. trying to get me to play? And then you play it, and you're like, God, it's so much darker than that. You don't look at Pony Island and be like, oh, it's a game about your soul being possessed by the devil. Like you don't think of it right. that way. <laughs> it's it's such a trip. <clears throat> Sinistar in chat is saying, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is another one you people need to play. And that's absolutely true. Because at first glance, absolutely I thought it was just evil. a visual novel. And like, I've, I've tried those. That's not my thing. But no, Doki Doki Literature Club, it goes places. And it's, it it's a visual goes, novel, yes, but it goes places, places. And it's worth playing and checking out. It's one of those yeah. games, right? Yeah, I love this. I love this as a genre of games. The games that kind of just get meta and go wild. And, and it just, yeah. yeah, really rewards a player to check it out fully. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think to wrap all this up, basically what I think the best way to describe anything that you play from Daniel Mullins, especially one of these three, it is do not judge a book by its cover because it is so Huge. much better and deeper than that than what you would ex- you would expect. And if you want something that's totally, like you said, that just hits the meta, it, it does cool things with the internet and grabs your steam information and fun stuff in a safe way where it's not deleting files. <laughs> uh, go. It, it's, it's really well done. It's, it's the brain, the brain capacity that is put into these games. It just takes you places you didn't expect it to go. And even, even when you describe it to somebody and you play it yourself and see it yourself, you're like, what the fuck? But in a good way. So, Right. Highly recommend at least these three games to try out. They're very cheap on Steam. They're worth picking up. I even think inscriptions like it's either fifteen or nineteen dollars. I don't think it's, it's. I don't think it's. Bank no, inscription it's is so worth paying. Twenty. Yeah. Um, the hex is ten. Pony Island is five. But they come as a bundle. You can get them as yeah. a bundle if you wanted. I and would scoop up the bundle if you don't. That have is twenty percent off the standard price if you bought the bundle. So. Worth it. Yeah, like all, worth all it. these games are easily the length of a standard AAA title. Like there's so much yep. gameplay in those. Inscription, I, I I easily I think I easily put in 30 hours in inscription. Like yeah. before I, I finally got the concept of it, week. I just kept playing it. Yeah, yeah I had 27 hours when I beat it, I believe. Yep. Yeah. I don't even want to see how many hours because I'm terrible at card games and I'm sure it's up there. <laughs> so. so all right, guys. Well. I think this is a great send-off. Go play those games. Check them out. Um, we have been pressed B to cancel. Is there any uh, anything coming up you guys want yes. to uh, talk about? Yeah, um, definitely want to shout out uh, a, f- a few of us. Actually, four, four of the five of us are going to be guesting on another podcast uh, in a couple of weeks called Superpod Saga. Check us out there. It's, uh, it's run by a gentleman named Aaron. He's, he's hilarious. I love his podcast. Uh, we also have a couple of guests planned for Press B as well in the near future. So I'll be sure... We'll update on Twitter and on Discord when that happens. Uh, we also have some retro coming back. We I, we have a few episodes that we're planned that are more retro inspired because we've kind of, we've kind of off of uh, 2023 games and uh, more modern stuff lately. But we have retro coming back as well, so we'll keep everybody updated on that. Also, we got our game of the year announcements coming up here pretty soon right. too. Ah, so. yes. Keep your ear to the ground for that. All five of us are going to get together and announce what our decisions for our game of the years will be, will be coming up here in, in very short amount of time. You'll you'll be seeing about that pretty soon. So you can come and boo week? us. <laughs> it might be next week. I was like, I like to keep that close to my vest, but that's fine. Yeah. So probably next week you'll hear about our game of the years that we selected. Now remember, when we nah. pick our game of the years, it may not necessarily be from that year. 
It's going to be what we thought out of 2023, any of the games we played really, really called to us. So some of them will be and some of them may not be. So sorry, it's the 26th, I think, is when we were planning yeah. on doing it, right? Oh, so the 26th. Unless that changes. Okay. okay, so perfect. There you go. Um, I have started playing my Sisyphean game. Uh, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn over on Twitch. Um, you can catch me this weekend playing some more of that. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Sinistar has been chipping away at um, his Sisyphean game, his Sisyphean game of uh, Witcher 3. He's actually been putting it up on Discord so we can uh, join him on the ride, too. Um, I don't know where you guys are with your homework. <sighs> Look, fuck you. I haven't installed Street Fighter 6 in a while. <laughs> I have to, because <laughs> I, I got a Steam Deck. I've been playing games on the Steam Deck, and I don't, I can't play a fighting game on the Steam Deck. That's the one game I, I need to use one of the controllers for. You have, so I haven't really endless, touched it yet, and endless controllers behind you, I know, endless amounts. I can play play games in bed on my Steam Deck, and that's what I've been doing a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Marvel Snap ain't gonna get, ain't advancing rank well, on its own. I have to sit and play. We've it. created a monster, guys. We've created. And, a um, I also have I also have two hours of Buck Bumble, which apparently I, I've, I was being told by another gentleman from another podcast, uh, Dave from Remember sixty four. He says Buck Bumble is good, and it's one of his favorite games on the N sixty four. He likes it, so. We'll see how painful it is. I know when we did um, an N64 uh, bad game episode a while back, I Buck played Bumble Buck made Bumble, Bumble and I hated it. It was awful. <laughs> made the list. But he says it's good. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I have to give it its, its full two uh-oh. hours and we'll see. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Metacritic score is a 9.1. Of Buck Damn. Bumble? Granted, that's based on eight re- eight ratings. but Still, that's really high. That is really high. <laughs> Maybe the soundtrack is that good. Maybe it carries it. It is good. Yeah. IGN gave it a 7.2. So I I think you skirted the rules a little. Maybe. Dude, I played it. That was an awful game. But I mean, I'll check it out. We'll see how painful it is. But who am I to defy the wheel of pain? (laughs) It's the the execution of this wheel is flawless. The system (laughs) works. We'll we'll see how it goes. Your punishment is nigh. (laughs) All right, guys. Well. Thank you, everybody, for coming and hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, we will be back again next Friday. Uh, same, well, earlier bad time. Uh, same bad channel. Uh, apologize for the late start this time around. But uh, with that, uh, this is Press B to Cancel signing off. Thank you, guys. Yeah, right, I always guys. choose Mantis God. Thank you.